0: Welcome to Timberline Windsor. Thanks for joining us this weekend. We are a church family that strives to let love live in every facet of our lives. We at Timberline Windsor desire everyone, every man, woman, and child that calls this church family home to be a part of connections. To join one today, visit our website or download the Timberline app. Enjoy today's message.
1: Hey, I I mentioned it earlier when we were praying and and worshiping. I'm excited about these next two weekends because I'm gonna struggle with you. That sounds kinda silly, but I want want you to release me to struggle with you with real transparency about following the nudge of the Holy Spirit and what that even means. Because I don't think it's easy. Does God talk to us? Does the Spirit nudge us? How many of you think he does? I mean, we, at Timberline, this has been our platform. We're a church that believes in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Spirit in our lives, and so how can we open this up to have honest conversation about it? And am I willing to have that conversation? And so... I'm, I'm really excited about this. Now, to Windsor, I just wanna say uh, we're, we're kinda coming into your living room this weekend and thank you for that. And Pastor John's gonna come up in just a, a little while, about halfway or three quarters of the way through this message and wrap up the last couple of points. But you're stuck with me for a few minutes here. But, but I wanted uh, both of these campuses and Old Town is doing something different, but, but we We wanna talk about what it means to trust the leading of the Holy Spirit and what that looks like. And so I'm gonna just try my best to do that and I'm not sure that I'm gonna do great at it but coming into a new year it's worth an attempt because I don't think I do it as well as I think I should and I probably don't do it as well as you think I do. And that's being really honest. And I'm, I'm just gonna work on this in my life a little bit, but I'm gonna give you an example of why I'm struggling here a little bit later. There's, I think there's five or six points if you have the app you're following along, but the first one is simply this, what is a nudge? Like, what is a nudge? If you looked it up in the dictionary, you know what it says? It actually says this, an elbow punch in someone's side. It's like, you know, you're, you're somewhere and someone says, hey, you know, you wanna sign up? You wanna be first to ride the ride? You want to, and someone goes, come on, you can do it. It's like the nudge, you know? Uh, or the nod, like, it's okay, go get them, you know? It's, it's that nudge that says it's okay. And then I came across this, which was really weird. I didn't even know it was a thing. And it's called nudge theory. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's a new thing. A nudge theory is people who try to create a culture through positive nudges. Let me give you an example. This was the example used in the article I read about it. A school cafeteria wants kids to drink less soda and more water. So instead of putting soda out where they can see it, they put water out where they can see it with all the food snacks. And they call that an emotional nudge so that the kids see the snacks and they don't see the soda, but they're not banning soda, that would create a war. They're simply doing a nudge to say, here's some water to go with your snacks. It's how social media works. You get on a thread and you get five more like it. Have you noticed that? It's nudging you toward the next step, toward the next thing. And I wonder if we could have that in a positive way here at Timberline, where we have nudge theory that says, I'm gonna tell you a story of when I listened to what God put in my heart this week and look at what happened. And then you go, I'm gonna be listening for what God puts in my heart this week. And we, we have this positive reinforcement of, of this spiritual nudge and what happens. So a nudge, what's a spirit nudge? It's vague. Like how do I know when God is trying to nudge me? I've never in my life been just standing there seeking God or in a conversation and, and felt this, oh, what? Did you just nudge me, God? Never, I've never had a physical touch from God, some people claim they have, but I never have. But it, for me, it's, it's like an awareness of something that I should do or say, and then I get into this struggle with it, like, well, is this of God, is this just me, what? Well, I don't know him that well, that seems kinda personal, and your brain just goes. Your brain just starts going through the conversations, right? How many know what I'm talking about? It's very real. So I want to follow the nudges, but how do I do that? And how does it work with the Spirit? Many people may have discernment because intuition might be a part of the nudge. Discernment is listed in the Bible as a gift of the Spirit. But you can also know God well enough to have the wisdom of God, the discernment of God, without necessarily it always being the gift of discernment. Life experience can teach you discernment. Wisdom comes with age and experience. I believe there's a lot of truth in that. What does it mean? I want to discover what this means in my life. When the Bible says things like walk in the spirit. Am I? (laughs) They were led by the spirit, the Bible says. The spirit said to them. How? Did someone just stop the meeting and say I just feel like, like God's talking to my heart about this? Can we discuss it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. We, I've experienced this in deacon meetings, pastor's meetings for decades at Timberline. When by the end of a conversation, we're on a whole different trail because someone asked a good question that was based on a nudge from the Spirit. And we decided to go down that road. And those things have had repercussions It's probably why we're meeting in this building, on this spot. All these things happen for a reason. Those nudges are from God. Question, can I actually live my life with such an awareness of God and the Holy Spirit that it impacts my life every single day? Is that too far of a reach? Number two, in your outline. The Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter two. The Holy Spirit was poured out. Now, many of you know, know what I'm about to say, but if you're new to faith and you don't understand how the Bible works and the whole Christianity thing, let me just give you a quick little picture. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament are stories about Jesus written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're called the Gospels, which means good news. Then we have a transition book. It's like a hinge. It's called the book of Acts, It's short for the actions, the actions of the new church and the disciples. And it starts out when Jesus leaves the earth. Acts 1, he ascends into heaven and he says, the Holy Spirit is coming, go gather in the upper room. They do. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. There's like fire. There's like speaking in tongues. There's like 21 different languages represented there. It's like the Holy Spirit is just taking charge, and it's a a big sign. It says, but you will receive power. This is Acts 1-8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. After saying this, Jesus was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. And then a couple angels appear and say, he's coming back in the same way. And You can read it, Acts 1. Then we have Acts 2, which is this coming upon of the Holy Spirit on the church. This this is where most of the believers were gathered. And so it's like Jesus leaves and the Holy Spirit comes and we are now living in that arena where Jesus hasn't come back to set up his kingdom on the earth, but we are now in the arena where the Spirit is breathing through believers, speaking through believers, acting through believers. That's why we often say we are his hands, we are his feet, we are his voice. If I follow the nudge. And if it's really God who's given me the nudge, (laughs) and not just what I want, I've met too many people that say God told them. And then they tell me what God told them and God didn't tell them. And I knew the nudge was from God that God didn't tell him. So I'm really careful when I say God told me. Matter of fact, I don't know that I even use that. I don't think I do. Because I don't know for sure every time, but I do feel like I have tried to follow that nudge. But this was a sign that the Holy Spirit is powerful, this Acts 2 experience, this coming upon of the Spirit. It was an amazing event and then the church was birthed and we have this little passage, it's just a couple verses in 42 and 43 and it says what the church started doing. This is the beginning of what we're doing right now. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, to prayer, that's church. And then a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, not just good deeds. When it says miraculous signs, how many of you know that involves the work of God? That's the spirit. So let's go to point three, which is really the heart of a story in the book of Acts where a couple guys follow the nudge. What does that look like to follow the nudge? Be aware, this is number three, be aware of the normal day. Be aware of the normal day. You guys, I usually don't drink water when I'm teaching, but I'm coming off of this horrible cough stuff people have had for the last four or five days. So I'm trying to keep from passing out. <laughs> no, I feel pretty good, but I'm weak. Be aware of the normal day. So Acts 3. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer meeting. <laughs> I grew up with prayer meetings. How about you guys, you know? Where are we going? We're going to prayer meeting. My grandma used to say that. What's a prayer meeting? Well, it's where we meet and pray. Okay. They were going to prayer meeting. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. You can still go there today, by the way. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. It's a good place, people going to church, you know, a little guilt trip here. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. So here we have it, a normal day. Let's establish a few things about this story, just so we get, we're on the same page. Have Peter and John gone this way before? Yes. Has this man, who was lame from birth, been at the gate before? Have Peter and John seen this man before? (laughs) Yes, 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 all of this. This guy has, has been at this gate possibly hundreds of days. I don't think he's been there since birth, obviously, but it's his routine, it's his corner, it's his place. It's where he is and everyone knows it. It's how he makes a living. And I think there's a lot of empathy and care for this man. They know this happened at birth. Some people know his story. Some people may not, but... Boy, in in that day and age, someone lame from birth had no chance. So they were totally used to seeing him there. Now, this is why this is important. Because Peter and John didn't come from a prayer meeting and they were all hyped up and wanted to get out there and change the world. They haven't even been to the prayer meeting yet. You with me? It's just a normal day. They're just getting up. The point I wanna make is that Your normal day could have a God nudge in it and you don't even know it. Unless you're aware of it and you're paying attention to it. You're just going grocery shopping. Oh, it's way more than that. At least on God's calendar it is. You don't know what's coming, but he does. You're just picking up the kids. You're just standing on the field during practice. You're just washing your car. You're just grabbing a burger in a fast food restaurant. You're just taking a walk. You're just working out. Maybe. But maybe there's someone in there that you're being sent to. But you've never even had the thought so far today. Why? Because it's just a normal day. And that's what I want you to get out of this. A normal day when you walk with God can have supernatural ramifications. Just like that. Don't forget that. I forget that. I just wanna get through some of my days. I just look at my watch I gotta get through this. When it's over I go, I got through it, yay. And God goes, well you missed five things. I'm like, no I didn't, I got done, I'm home. Here's the problem, and, and don't be frustrated with me when I say this. Ask yourself an honest question. Do you wanna get involved? Do you even want to be involved in someone else's life when you're just going through the grocery store or getting your list done? Will you stop and talk? Will you go out of your way? Will you? See, we don't really want to get involved. We don't want to engage. We're in a culture that's pushing us toward isolation. We put our ear pods in, we turn up the music, and we just, re- I'm guilty. You guys, this is, this, is, this is the irony of God. This is what he does to me. Bonnie and I are flying back from Arizona, seeing our kids and grandkids for Christmas this past Thursday. And that's how we got sick, by the way, those grandkids. (laughs) They're always sick with something. One of them's got something, always, right? How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Love them, love them. We get on the plane and Bonnie likes to sit by the window and I like to sit on the aisle. So this plane's usually that we fly on, have three seats on one side, and so when I book it, I book me in the aisle and her at the window. It's kind of odd, but a lot of times, no one's in between us, so we kind of get the whole row, and we love that, and so I'm sitting there, and I've got a little app on my phone that tells the seat chart, so you can see if that seat's been booked, and it's not been booked. No one's in it, and we're about to go, and I'm all excited, and I'm like, Bonnie, I don't think anyone's gonna be in the seat. (laughs) Just, just, Just look at this with me. I got my earphones in, And I'm literally saying, thank God no one's gonna be with us. (laughs) I want that seat to be empty. I don't care what burden that person has. I've got my ear pods in which says, don't talk to me. And all of a sudden, right in front of me on my phone, bing, that seat went away. (sighs) There was a United Pilot who was trying to transport somewhere else so he comes up and he gets the seat and I'm like, <laughs> these armrests do not belong to you, I'm kidding. I said hi and put my ear pods back in. Now how many of you understand what I'm, what I'm saying? What, what is it that's pushing me toward that privacy, that silence, that something that just kinda wants to be left alone? I wasn't praying about, you know, I hear missionaries tell stories. I was just praying for whoever I would sit by on the plane. And I just feel like a lost soul when people say stuff like that because I'm not that spiritual. Are you? How many of you pray that God will direct you to the right person on the plane? Yeah, some of you do. You just don't want to be super spiritual about it. Now, I've had a lot of conversations with people who, ended up sitting beside me and I'm willing to have a conversation. But I, I think it is really a question we need to ask. Am I willing to get involved? Because sometimes I think I don't feel the nudge because I'm not waiting for a nudge and I'm not sensitive to it at all. I don't wanna, I don't wanna feel it. Why? I got, I got, I got someplace to go. It's, it's convicting. A normal day, a normal day, your normal day is when the nudges can come. Now let's look at the fourth thing. Engagement at the appropriate time. Engagement at the appropriate time. Now this one is critical, so stay with me on this. I'm not saying you run around and try to convert everybody you run into in the grocery store. Matter of fact, quite the opposite. Following the nudge means you're being led by what the Spirit wants to do, not by what you want to do. And that's hard to know, but look at this. Verse four, Peter and John looked at him intently. Man, think about that, just that sentence, intently, like they've seen him, how many times? And they they saw him this time, And, and Peter said, look at us. I don't know if his head was down or the eye contact hit and he looked away out of embarrassment or what, but Peter goes, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money but Peter said, I don't have any silver and gold for you. And Why would I look at you? But I'm gonna give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. What? Get up and walk. From birth, he has never walked. Get up. Who says that? Who has the boldness to say that to someone that has for years been at the gate? The whole community knows it. Get up and walk. Do you think that might be a nudge? you think that might be an emboldment of, of the Spirit coming up on Peter? I don't think Peter had any clue he was going to say this. He said, I don't have what you're expecting, but I have something more. That's what the nudge does. And and this, this story is crazy because it made a difference in this man's life forever and for the rest of his life. Peter and John did not have a pre-meeting to determine this. They're not walking up to the gate, and Peter's saying, Okay, you look at him, get his attention. I'll come up and I'll say, Hey, get up and walk. The spirit came upon them, a normal day. And they're walking and the Spirit comes upon them and he says, I don't have money, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. There is authority in that. There's power in that. That's the kind of life that God wants us to live if we can follow the nudge, if we can listen to the voice of the Spirit. Was Peter special or something? Well, some theologians would say, yeah, kind of, but how many of you know Peter struggled? Peter's the one that betrayed him. But Peter followed the nudge. It came out of his mouth, and he just said it. I don't know if John looked over at him and went, what are you thinking? Or if they both had that sense of that dynamic of, the spirit that came. This was so spontaneous. They didn't have a clue they were gonna do that when they were walking through the gate a normal day. See, some of you have experienced this, you just haven't thought about it that much. I've I've watched some of your stories. I've seen some of how this works. How did some of you end up together with, with the person you're married to right now, those of you that are married? There's a little story there. Maybe God was, uh, maybe God was orchestrating that, right? How did we end up with this adopted child in our house? I don't know, but they're here. Maybe you followed a nudge, maybe that's what happened. Maybe you said, I'm gonna do this, I, I feel good about it, this is right, and it's not easy. Following the nudge doesn't mean it's easy. How did I end up at this job? How did I end up in this house? How am I, why am I having this conversation with this person? Wow. It's very important to recognize these moments that cannot be planned. Listen, but they can be missed. They cannot be planned, but they can be missed. And that's what I'm chasing this year. I'm chasing that because I, I don't wanna miss them. I don't wanna miss them with my wife. I don't wanna miss them with our kids, our grandkids. I don't wanna miss them with you. I don't wanna miss them with our church. And it's not a weight on me. It's a thrill in me to say, we get to do this. And I just wanna invite you into this thing that says, what's gonna happen in 2023 if we just follow the nudge as a church? Just follow the nudge, just you do your thing, I'll do mine, we'll do our thing together, we'll follow the nudge. They didn't do this all the time. You know, I'm sure after this, after this I wonder if Peter's walking through every gate going, all right, where, where's the sick people? Where's the lame person? I got the power. Your life needs to be in tune with the spirit you might wanna take out the ear pods. Because there's another voice that wants to get in there. But it takes a little time and energy. At this point, those of you in Windsor, Pastor John, why don't you come on up and we have two more points we're gonna walk through.
0: Yeah, with uh, thanks to Pastor Derry, I, this isn't a second sermon. This is, this is the ending. I get the privilege to kind of end with the climax of this story. Let's keep going. Verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and he began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. You heard Pastor Derry say it. This guy was lame from birth. He woke up this morning thinking this was a normal day. A normal day for him meant no hope. But not in God's eyes, not in God's timing. Even the normal days, especially the normal days, are where God is on the move. And if we see that in Scripture and we know that, then that leads us to point five, how can I personally be involved? How can I personally get involved? If God's going to be on the move, if we follow the nudge of a spirit that is constantly on the move, as Scripture says, it's like the wind. We don't know where it comes from or or how it comes, but it's going to happen. It's going to move, especially here in Windsor, right? (laughs) However God might move, how can I be a part of that? Catch the wave. In my life, I'll tell you, I've been a sideline believer, and I've been a believer directly involved. And all I can implore you is one leads to being a really lame hobby that you may engage in or not, depending on how you feel. And the other leads to deepening life change. Some of you know this context and others don't, so I'm gonna bring all of us up to speed. Back in July of 2020, our TW team sat down in this room and tried to make sense of the new world around us and the new church world around us. And, And we kind of together agreed, or better yet, with today's language, we together followed the nudge that God is compelling us that the greatest catalyst to not just spiritual growth in the local church, your growth, my growth, all of our growth, in the local church, not just spiritual growth, but lasting spiritual growth, is doing it together, is being in what we call here connections. This is why you heard it from Linda earlier. This is why we constantly keep it in front of people. Now, for a quick moment, a quick detour, very quick, I wanna primarily look at the condition of, of a soil that Jesus talked about in Mark chapter four. This is going to be a sermon in the not-too-distant future, so we're not talking about the parable of the the soils just right now. But but for this moment, I want to look at the condition of the soil in verse 5 and then the impact of that in verse 6. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no soil depth. Now, I'm not a botanist, but I know enough to tell you that Without a good, strong root system, without a depth of soil, the only place a plant can grow is just up, just sprout up. And if that's the only goal for that plant, then great. But, but for grain-producing plants, plants that need to produce fruit, that superficial growth isn't going to last. The second it gets a trial, the second it gets the sun, the second it gets a lack of water, superficial growth is not going to last. Okay, Botany 101, time over. Jesus is not actually trying to get us to focus just on the metaphor. Verse 6 And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Now, some of you are going, Wait, wait, wait. I thought we were talking about a lame guy. Why are we dealing with the, the soil here? We are still asking the question that God is after, that Jesus is after with the masses what is our soil-like receptivity to the nudges of God, the leading of God? Are we open to that? Do we have an ability for it to go deep into our lives or is it just superficial in one ear, out the other? Because I know that some of us experience some powerful life change in our services, with, with sermons and the unique role that worship plays, and, and we can come to church and engage in services and go, "Man, that's life-changing. Only for it to what? Wither away just days later or hours later." Because we don't develop roots, deep roots. Admittedly, this this could be and actually will be a whole separate sermon, but whether you're faithfully engaged in this church family, a regular weekend attender, or pretty new to this whole thing, in following the nudge of the Spirit, the way it goes deep into our lives is alongside of one another. It doesn't happen in isolation. It doesn't happen because of sheer willpower. Because far too many of us wither away the very real growth in our spiritual lives because we don't develop deep roots. And I'm not talking to someone else right now. That's applicable to new attenders and long-timers alike. Like one step forward, one step back faith. Again, speaking as a former sideline Christian, I don't want superficial, low-depth Christianity. In fact, I'm compelled that I don't even know it's, that it's tenable. I want the real thing. I want depth. And you don't need to be a long timer at church to find depth. And even long timers at church can still find ourselves just missing it because we lack that kind of going deeper depth, personally getting involved. We become consumers of the faith, advisors of the faith, watchers of the faith, not participants. Depth comes in relationships. Depth comes in one of my favorite things about the Christian life or what we should see in the Christian life is spiritual grit. What that means is I should have the kind of tenacity to stick together with the people of the local church that that survives trials that we might have. We have an argument, that's good. That doesn't define our relationship. We have a difference of opinions, that's fine. That doesn't define our relationship. Depth, spiritual grit, endurance. We're gonna land a little more on a couple of those follow the nudge, local, practical opportunities after we conclude this last point. Point six, to God be the glory. The end result, the end goal of all that we're talking about here, following the nudge and doing it together is... Adoring worship, contagious worship. Verse nine, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. I know some of your stories really well. And some of you know my story really well. And to see how God gets involved in a person's life, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, and see the way over time they're amazed at what happened with this person because nobody could have changed that life except God. They're a different person. No one really changes in a lasting way through just sheer willpower No one really changes in a lasting way without deepening relationships with one another. And most importantly, no one really changes without the power of the Spirit. We want this so very deeply and richly for you. New timers, long timers, and everybody else in between. We want the ability to be receptive to the nudge because God does incredible things in the ordinary days. If we are willing to personally get involved, to get off the sidelines and personally follow the nudge. I've noticed that there have been all kinds of weekend service formats over the last few months at Timberline Windsor and and we're trying different things and doing different things and actually to the point where when different becomes more normal than normal, then different becomes the new normal. And this week we're doing something different again with this kind of video team teaching between Pastor Derry and I, and it's not something we're going to continue doing, but, but we're doing it this way because we want to make sure that the foundation is laid, that, that if we can be a people that would follow the nudge, there's a few things locally that, that practically we want to invite you to and share, not just share as in communicate, but share as in the people of the church embracing I want to keep a couple of those shared opportunities in front of you, us. First is a prayer and worship night at Timberline Fort Collins. This Wednesday at 645. A night that grew out of our church's prayer and pursuit leading into following the nudge. A night where we want to culminate with intentional worship, relying upon God. How do you want to lead us in expectant worship? Maybe for you, that's a nudge you can follow. Fort Collins campus this Wednesday night at 645. Others of you, you've already heard it in the service, baptism. Maybe that's a nudge for you. You know I've been nudged to be baptized, to be obedient and following Jesus and his call for believers to be baptized. We want to help you facilitate that. Maybe you have questions. Maybe you're not sure. You're you're feeling more of a nudge thing. We'd love to see you at the class next Sunday at 5 p.m. Or maybe for you, the nudge is just doing this. Getting together with the people of the church is your step, is your nudge. And next week, I'm gonna pick up this follow the nudge with a part two where we kind of look at there's a difference between clear-cut obedience and following the nudge. And we're gonna take a look at one of my favorite biblical figures. And then we're gonna launch into perhaps my favorite sermon series that we've ever done in my time here at Timberline. But more on that next week. At the very forefront, at the very... First fruits of our year I want to keep these two invitations in front of everybody everybody hearing my voice the first is a gospel invitation if you need to know the life and love and message and impact of a forgiving God of a God that is pursuing you in love we want to make sure to invite you to that we want to make sure to have that conversation with you so we can help walk you through that talk to me after service Use those connection cards so I can follow up with you however you want to do that. We want to keep you in a vibrant relationship with Jesus wherever you're at. So that's invitation number one. And then invitation number two is connections. Get involved with other people alongside of you. Figure out what that looks like for you. We'd love to help you do that. Dive in. Personally get involved. Again, I'd love to talk with you after service or check out the connections in the great hall. Let's pray together. God, in this time, we have had the opportunity to focus on what it means to follow a nudge, what it means to follow a God that, that didn't just give us some words thousands of years ago and hope that we'd follow him. You gave us your spirit. You continue to give us your spirit. And I love the diverse ways that so many people throughout the church following the nudge in different ways. For some, it's baptism. For some, it's just coming to church. For some, it's asking bigger theological questions. For some, it's connections. And God, you're nudging all of us. You're on the move. I pray that we would see the loving, pursuing actions of our God coming after us. And that our response would be, as we're about to sing, Spirit, lead me. When I say you're Lord, when I understand that you're God, you get to call the shots. You get to nudge me. You get to lead me. I will go wherever you want me to go. We pray we'd be people seeking that out in our hearts and in our days and in our hours. We hope you encountered the love and power of Jesus in today's service. If you're interested in giving, for joining serving opportunities, and much more, visit timberlinechurch.org connect. Have a great week, go be the church, and let love live.